It's time for Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, inviting the atheist, agnostic, and skeptic to examine for themselves the evidence for the Christian faith. We are all limited by what we do not know and by the things we think we know but are not true. Dr. Joe Mott earned his Ph.D. at LSU and was a distinguished math professor at Florida State University for 38 years, helping to write three math textbooks and authoring over 30 research articles in math. He is now the host of this radio program, Defending and Commending the Faith. Here is Joe Mott. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the program. In the last episode of this program, I was dealing with what is called progressive Christianity. I said progressive Christianity emphasizes, first, the willingness to question tradition, second, the acceptance of human diversity, third, a strong emphasis on social justice and care for the poor and the oppressed, and fourth, environmental stewardship of the earth. I said then that the statement, a willingness to question traditional Christianity, makes me suspicious. I went on to realize that some things they questioned really amounted to another Jesus and another gospel. I also stated that the last three objectives were worthy goals. I was wrong in that statement. At least two of those three objectives used words that are different from what traditional Christianity means by them. False religions often do that. They take common words of traditional Christianity and then redefine those words according to how they want to use them. One instance of that is in the meaning of social justice. Right now, there are two meanings of social justice. Social justice A is biblical justice. And social justice B is the social justice promoted by the political left. In this regard, I am informed by an article by Jonah Goldberg for Prager University on YouTube entitled, What is Social Justice? Biblical justice is conformity to God's moral standard, particularly as revealed in the Ten Commandments the royal law, love your neighbor as yourself, and the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Biblical social justice can be discovered by many scriptural references. Allow me to identify just five passages. Quotes, He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's found in Micah 6, verse 8. Thus says the Lord, quotes, Execute judgment and righteousness, and deliver the plundered out of the hand of the oppressor. Do no wrong, and do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, or the widow, nor shed innocent blood in this place. If you will not hear these words, I will swear by myself, says the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. That's in Jeremiah 22, verses 3 and 5. Quotes, is not this the fast that I have chosen? 
to loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring to your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. If you extend your soul to the hungry, and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light shall dawn in the darkness, and your darkness shall be as the noonday. End quotes. That's in Isaiah 58, verses 6 and 7 and 10. Quotes. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rebuke the oppressor. Defend the fatherless. Plead for the widow. That's in Isaiah Chapter 1, verse 17. Quotes, Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. End quotes. That's in James, chapter 1, verse 27. Early in the history of Christianity, the Romans had a practice of a human dump system where unwanted infants would be cast out on a dump as garbage. But Christians learned of this practice of infanticide and began to go to the dump and take the babies home and raise them as their own. Within a generation, Christianity abolished the human dump system of infanticide. Add to that more hospitals and orphanages have been built by Christianity than any other group in the history of the world. Both Social Justice A and Social Justice B promote helping widows, orphans, and the poor and the needy. But Social Justice B plays out on the possibility that the meaning of social justice that they use will be accepted without questioning what they mean by the term. They hope that you will think they mean what Social Justice A, that is, biblical justice, means. But there is a vast difference between how justice is implemented in these two separate meanings of social justice. In the Bible's concept of social justice, the injunction to help the widow, orphans, the poor, and the needy is not a suggestion from God. It is his command to be obeyed. But the help that is given is voluntary. But for the political left, social justice are actually code words that mean that your freedom must be sacrificed in order to redistribute income. Redistributing income is the goal, and helping the needy is a camouflage to enable the accomplishment of that goal. This idea of redistributing income is a socialist slash Marxist slash communist term, meaning that the state would amass ever-increasing power in order to do what the champions of social justice be decide for the moment. But that decision might change tomorrow. They would have you believe that what they advocate are good things. But first, last and always, that means the 
good things will come down in favor of economic redistribution. According to the doctrine of social justice B, the haves always have too much and the have-nots never have enough. You don't have to take my word for it. That is precisely how the UN report on social justice defines the term. Quotes, social justice may be broadly understood as the fair and compassionate distribution of the fruits of economic growth. Social justice is not possible without strong and coherent redistribution policies conceived and implemented by public agencies. I reiterate, strong and coherent redistribution policies by public agencies. And the UN report gets worse. It goes on to insist that, quotes, present-day believers in an absolute truth identified by virtue and truth are neither willing nor desirable companions for the defenders of the forces of progress, end quotes. Let me give a translation of what the UN report really implies. If you believe in truth and justice, independent of what the so-called defenders of the forces of progress, that is, the left-slash-socialist-slash-Marxist-slash-communist idea of progress, then you are an enemy of social justice B. What they call compassion is actually when the government takes your money and gives it to someone else. And they, in turn, label you as being greedy if you object by declaring you want to keep your money. Allow me to give an illustration of this process. Suppose I go to a restaurant to eat a meal. My server took my order, brought my drink, brought me my meal. All the while, another person was taking a break and outside smoking. I finish my meal, and instead of tipping my server, I give the tip to the one outside smoking. If you were my server, how would that make you feel? The underlying point of social justice B then amounts to a sweeping indictment of a free society. It suggests that any perceived unfairness, sorrow, or economic desire must be addressed by yet another government effort to remedy that unfairness, sorrow, or economic desire. All the government needs to do is invoke the catchphrase, social justice, and we are off to another government effort of redistributing income. The invocation of social justice always works for, from the assumption that the fair and just people can simply impose fairness, prosperity, and any other good thing they can think of. And the only institution capable of social justice, in their view, is the state. The self-declared champion of social justice believed the state must remedy and can remedy all perceived wrongs. Anyone who disagrees is an enemy of what is good and right.
and the state must coerce them to do what is socially just. But then the end result is that we are no longer a free society. Is that the kind of society you want to live in? If it is not, beware of what will be done in the name of social justice B. Let me close this episode with a story from history where a small act of kindness brought about a great impact. Lewis and Clark's famous expedition to the Pacific Northwest in 1804 almost came to an untimely and deadly end. Half-starved and almost frozen, the men staggered out of Idaho's snowy Bitterroot Mountains and into the camp of the Nez Perce Indians. Dayton, Duncan, and Ken Burns tell the story in Lewis and Clark, The Journey of the Corps of Discovery. Lewis and Clark were the first white men to ever reach the homeland of the Nez Perce Indians. In the absence of more prominent leaders who were out on a war party, a chief named Twisted Hair had to decide what to do with the weak but wealthy strangers suddenly in their midst. According to the tribe's oral tradition, some of the Nez Perce proposed killing the white men and confiscating their boxes of manufactured goods and weapons. The expedition's rifles and ammunition in particular would have instantly made the Nez Perce the region's richest and most powerful tribe. But an Indian woman came to the rescue of the Corps of Discovery. As a young girl, she had been captured by an enemy tribe on the plains, who in turn sold her to another tribe farther to the east. Eventually, she had been befriended and treated kindly by white people in Canada before escaping and making her way back to her own people. They called her by a name that meant return from a faraway country. And for years, she had told them stories about the fair-skinned people who lived toward the rising sun. She was aged and dying by the time the explorers arrived. When she learned about the possible plans to destroy the expedition, tribal tradition says she intervened. These are the people who helped me, she said, do them no hurt. A stranger's simple act of kindness years before saved the lives of an entire expedition of Lewis and Clark. A little kindness can have amazing and unexpected results. Thank you for listening to Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott, a production of Wave 94 Radio in Tallahassee, Florida. If you have any questions or comments for Joe, please forward them to Doug Apple at Wave 94 at this email address, dougapple at wave94.com. 
And be sure to join us every Monday evening at 6.45 p.m. on Wave 94 and subscribe through your favorite podcast app, Defending and Commending the Faith with Joe Mott.